It is that time again. The Chief Zone Podcast is back. Welcome and I appreciate all of you guys downloading and listening to another episode of this great podcast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. As always, we've got some things to talk about Kansas City Chiefs related. And we'll do our closing segments to wrap things up here on the podcast. The Chiefs lose one receiver, but they bring back a receiver. In fact, they bring back two former players. We'll tell you who those players are. And is Kansas City's offense even faster and even better now? We'll talk about that. One former NFL great visited Chiefs training camp and met Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of Mahomes, he did a commercial with a former defensive great. We'll talk about that and much more. Plus, one sports team in the Kansas City area has been evicted. All of that and much more here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I am here with Zach Stegenga here on, uh, well, we're, we're recording on Wednesday, but uh, well, you guys will likely hear this on a Thursday. But midway through the week, Zach, uh, we're halfway through the preseason now at this point. Yeah, man. And it's, uh, you know, I feel like like most weeks, you know, you've got some ups and you've got some downs, but hopefully we'll, uh, you know, continue to finish the preseason here on a high note. Yeah, for sure. And look, I know this past week's preseason game not the most exciting. Um, but you know what? That's how slightly it more exciting like, than the Super Bowl was. But only yeah, just. oh yeah, oh, yeah. We we could have a poll question about that, and it would be close. But uh, you know that's how it works. When even when your backups are firing, wheeling, and dealing in preseason games, it's fun to watch. But when you're only putting up seven, uh, it's very hard to get interested. But we do have a big game this weekend. It is the tune-up game, and that'll be against the 49ers. We will talk about that in a moment. If you guys want to interact with us on social media, easy to do. Facebook.com slash Farzin Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. Follow Zach at ZSteginga. And the voicemail slash text line, 913-808-2119. No text. We actually have do, uh, we have one text, but it's a hot take-related text, so we will read that later as well, and you can subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Quick note on the Facebook page: uh, as the season is prepping up, a lot of you guys have been interacting with me on there, or just talking to one another, which is great as well. Uh, a lot more people are liking the page, so greatly appreciate those who have been inviting your friends and uh, spreading the word about the podcast. So greatly appreciate everyone who has been doing so. All right, uh, let's get into it because. We've got uh, we, we've got some news to get into here. We talked about this last episode. There was no confirmation of this at the time, but now we do know Marcus Kemp, wide receiver for the Chiefs, has a torn ACL slash MCL, which just I mean, torn ACLs. That, that, that's brutal already. But an, an MCL, Zach. I mean, you just add that. Uh, I mean, I've had a torn ACL and a torn meniscus. That is just brutal to even talk about, even years later after the fact. But obviously, his season is over, which is pretty unfortunate, given that. He was picking up some steam in training camp. A lot of the media uh, praising him for the work that he had been doing this offseason. Again, I know he's not a name we talked about so much, but uh, sadly, his season has come to an end. But the Chiefs have found a couple of replacements to fill in those uh, uh, those gaps. Uh, they did wave uh, Devon Grayson, and as far as the replacements, they bring in Former Chiefs guard, uh, also a former Texans guard. This is now his third stint with the Chiefs. Jeff Allen is back in Kansas City. Mitchell, uh, former um, Chiefs guard Jeff Schwartz, the brother of Mitchell Schwartz. He had some uh, insight on that 
and tweeted about it. And then also, this was a bit of a surprise to me, Zach. Wide receiver, punt returner, kick returner, also a running back, DeAnthony Thomas. He is back. Uh, he was placed on IR in October due to a leg injury. Uh, now, something to keep in mind with DeAnthony Thomas, he was arrested in late January for suspicion of marijuana charges. Let me just say this. I know people are talking about this on the Facebook page. I mentioned this, and people are acting like I am uh, calling for a suspension. I'm not. I'm just putting it out there what happened and what we could expect. Now, I don't think he gets suspended this year because the NFL takes forever on these kinds of things, whereas the Tyreek Hill situation, they try to be a bit quicker on those kinds of things. But nonetheless, that is something to just be be aware of. Uh, He could uh, take a suspension at some point, but... Zach, uh, Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire, who's a friend of the podcast, and we've got to get him on uh, sometime soon, he posted this on Twitter the 40 times for Tyreek Hill, 4.26, for McCole Hardman, 4.33, DeAnthony Thomas, 4.35, Sammy Watkins, the slowest of the bunch, 4.43. You've got four really fast guys, and a lot of people talking about Demarcus Robinson. Can he make some strides? Um, uh, I can't remember the uh, uh, Cody Thompson, who had a pretty impressive preseason despite it was a lackluster game. I mean, you've got so many great options right now with this receiving core. I, l- listen, it's not guaranteed DeAnthony Thomas makes the team, but you've got some speedsters on this football team with DeAnthony Thomas coming back. A lot of people are hoping that he, he makes the football team, given that he does have experience under Andy Reid's offense. I mean, why wouldn't you be excited about him being back on the team? I mean, clearly, you know, it certainly appears to me that he is, uh, you know, now vying for the Marcus Kemp roster spot. And what I mean by that is not just, you know, the spot that was obviously vacated by Marcus Kemp, but, uh, you know, most special teams coordinators, they get three guys on the roster. You get the kicker, the punter, and then the long snapper. Dave Tobe gets a gunner, too, um, slash, you know, general kick returner. So, you know, Dat is definitely sliding into that spot. Um, now, the benefit of this is that he also has some upside on the offensive side of the ball as long as he can stay healthy. So definitely excited to see him back because, frankly, I mean, you know, he was as exciting and dynamic of a player as we had seen in Casey. And then, you know, it's easy to forget just because now we've had Tyreek Hill. Uh, but, man, DeAnthony Thomas is, you know, about as fast of a gadget player as we've had. So it's definitely exciting. And, you know, frankly, hearing all those 40 times, too, it just blows my mind that the guy who ran a 4-4 is the one that we're thinking is slow. So... Yeah, yeah, definitely going to be a high-paced offense this year. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens here. Um, by the way, I believe I saw on Twitter, and this could change after the preseason and after the 53-man roster is put together, but I believe he's wearing number five, which is a little weird because you know he, he it's not like he went to play for another team. Uh, I guess there wasn't... Uh, Maybe there was interest. I was going to say there wasn't interest, but perhaps there was, and maybe they could not come to terms on anything during the offseason. But now, hey, things happen, man. Uh, I mean, look at Indianapolis. I believe they lost their running back, so they signed Charkandrick West, who uh, was unsigned. And obviously, we are, we're familiar with Charkandrick West here in Kansas City. Um, yeah, I mean, he was unsigned last year in the Chiefs brought him back. So mm-hmm. that's how these things work sometimes, man. You, you, you stay a free agent, but when injuries occur... Uh, people are going to call your agent and, and let them know that they need you. So obviously that's the situation right here with DeAnthony Thomas. But let's go. Let's kind of remind everybody about DeAnthony Thomas. As far as his 2019 season, it was a very short season, unfortunately. As I mentioned, he had the leg injury, three catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. He had one run for six yards, but that was the one uh, he fumbled. 
Uh, the Chiefs did regain that, though. He also had a 48-yard punt return, almost took it back for a touchdown against the Steelers. That was when the Chiefs got off to a crazy start, but the Steelers caught up, but the Chiefs have man- maintained to stay ahead and not be behind in that game. Uh, kind of a weird game. That was the six uh, touchdowns for Mahomes, if you remember. As far as oh, his career goes... Yeah, 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 every Chiefs fan uh, can't forget about that one. Uh, that was really the start of Mahomes' mania. But as far as Dat's career goes, 29 rushes for 186 yards. Uh, that is good for a 6.4 yard per carry average. Also has a couple of touchdowns on the ground, both very early in his uh, in his career. Uh, Receiving-wise, 64 catches for 503 yards and four touchdowns. He's got 51 kick returns, uh, averaging nearly 25 yards per return. And then he's got 72 punt returns, uh, averaging 9.2 yards per return. He does have one punt return touchdown from his rookie season. I didn't get a chance to look this up. Do you remember who that was against, that punt no return idea. touchdown? Okay, I do remember his very first uh, preseason game as a Chief. That was against the Bengals, and I only remember that because... He did, uh, I, I believe his first punt return, he did take back to the house, and he was wearing the number one jersey, which kind of looked cool on him, but then he switched to uh, 13. But yeah, he did have a punt return touchdown his rookie year, but that's the only one he's had. But still, I think uh, on this offense, man, look, uh, if Tyree Kill, I, I mean, you have McCole Hardman, you have DeAnthony Thomas, you have Juan Thornhill, you have Rashad Fenton, assuming he makes the team. You have so many options in these return games where, man, I'm almost not even interested in seeing Tyreek Hill return a punt or a kickoff ever again unless it's for emergency situations because you have guys who can handle that on offense and, uh, or excuse me on on uh, special teams maybe not as great as Tyreek but still they can do a really good job on special teams it's gotten to the point man where gosh I mean if you are Kansas City's coaching staff you have to love being an offensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator. If you're Eric Bieniemy and Dave Tobe, and you mentioned Dave Tobe a little bit, Zach, you have to love your situation, man, because not a lot of offensive coordinators and special teams coordinators get this kind of luxury like those two have right now. I mean, not a lot of coordinators have that kind of luxury, even with one player, to have four guys like this? Or, well, I mean, three that are running sub 440s. Like, that's nuts. Um, and I know that, you know, obviously athletes are getting a little bit faster as, you know, they've started training earlier and earlier. So, you know, the 40 times are going to continue to drop, but nonetheless, I mean, this is kind of an embarrassment of riches at this point, which is <laughs> great news for us as Chiefs fans, not to mention, you know, if you think about it from the offensive side of the ball too, you know, how many guys do you have that can stretch a defense now with one of the strongest arms under center? So certainly a good combination. And I'm excited to see how this turns out like I would love to see all four of those guys on the field at one time just to see the you know secondary collectively uh you know just kind of have that oh shit look uh on their faces uh, as they're lining up across from it I don't know if I could say that but I'm gonna stand behind it anyway well uh I think they would burn a timeout before any of that happens because you kind of have to yeah I mean you have to just basically be prepared uh and I think it would be worth Calling a timeout there, would it still end up helping you? I mean, who knows? It only It's one of those things where you have to look out. But, man, it's so hard to even prepare for an offense. I know we keep saying that even before uh, McCole Hardman and DeAnthony Thomas came back to Kansas City. But it's just, man, uh, what else? Can, who else can you add on? I mean, it's like we're just waiting for the Chiefs to pretty much bring back a Pro Bowl running back at this point. Because I mean, maybe they have one right now as a secret weapon. Who knows? But it's like... Man, what else does this offense have at this point? Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think, you know, look, I know the Patriots, they're obviously the Patriots, but they've only had 
very few historic seasons. I mean, to, that 2007 season is the only time where you've seen the Patriots go off the way they've had. So my point is, it's not easy to have historic seasons offensively as a football team, but that is kind of the expectation now with this football team. I don't know if they're going to be, you know, top three again or break their own uh, record for uh you know, third best scoring outlet output in NFL history, but a lot of people kind of have that expectation at this point with this team. I mean, yeah, I think that one of the things that, you know, might actually keep us from it though, is realistically, we're going to have some really solid field position based on what the special teams is shaping up to look like. So, uh, yeah, in a weird kind of way, it might actually knock down the offenses output, you know, run back a couple for a touchdown or, you know, cutting down the yardage, obviously that it takes to score. Uh, yeah, realistically that could be part of the reason that, uh, you know, You'd see Mahomes throw for you know, sub five thousand yards or something, which again, oh bummer. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly exciting to see what we've got here. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of coaches who would like to have this sort of talent on their team for sure. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to get into this too much, but defensively on your football team, you know, this is a defense that has a lot to improve on. Given you were thirty first, but. Hey, uh, this is a, I mean, going up against your own team, this is a pretty good offense to practice against. I mean, you are going up against the best offense in the NFL, so hopefully that, um, that'll help this defense uh, find ways to improve. Absolutely. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they show against the 49ers coming up this, uh, you know, coming up this weekend. And we'll get into that Chiefs and 49ers matchup shortly. Let us know your thoughts on DeAnthony Thomas's return. I know we didn't talk too much about Jeff Allen, uh, and maybe we'll do that probably for another week because there's only so much you can say for an offensive lineman. I'll say this now. He is a versatile guy, but uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he kind of fits into the fold right now. Obviously, they brought him back last year, and here, here we are a third time getting Jeff Allen back. Let us know your thoughts on anything we've discussed so far. Facebook.com slash Farzin at Farzin21, at ZSteglinga, and the voicemail and text line 913-808-2119. Before we get into that Chiefs and 49ers game, Zach, a couple of notes as, you know, Mahomes mania continues to expand here and there. Uh, Former Packers quarterback also played for the Jets and the Vikings. Brett Favre visited the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, the practice facility that is. Uh, obviously played for Andy Reid in uh, Green Bay when Andy Reid was an assistant coach, and I believe this is the first time he's met Patrick Mahomes. I know he's interviewed Mahomes on his radio show on SiriusXM, but I think this is the first time they've met in person, so that was pretty cool to see. Brett Favre posted that on social media. Also, I don't know if you saw this, the new Head & Shoulders commercial with Troy Polamalu. Uh, that's pretty cool. I posted that on Facebook, uh, which is which a lot of you guys have shared, and I greatly appreciate. Uh, that is up on the Facebook page if you guys want to take a look at it. Did you get a chance to see that with him and Troy Polamalu? I, I've heard that it's a thing. I have not had time to sit down and watch the entirety of it. You got to go check it out. In my opinion, that is the best commercial Patrick Mahomes has been a part of. Uh, it, it's pretty comical, and given it's a hair commercial with Troy Polamalu, Makes it uh makes makes it even better. So that that's the best person to do a hair commercial with. I mean, is there really anybody else? No, it's it's hard to it's hard to come up with anyone else right now. Uh, Troy's the guy. Troy's the guy. Two uh, two uh, Madden cover players right there as well. Uh, I can't remember what year, but I remember Troy was on the cover. He was twenty ten once before. Yeah, I believe that was the year they had two. Yeah, that was him and Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, yeah, I was. I, I I knew I wasn't crazy, but yeah, that is uh, that's cool to see. Check it out if you uh, haven't had a chance to do so. Uh, all right, let's get into this 49ers game again. I know there's only so much we can say for a preseason game, but this is the tune-up game, so I know this is something where 
we have some expectations in this game. Uh, let me just say this. The starters are expected to play the entire first half and for one drive of the second half. That's traditionally how it works in the third preseason game. Now, if you remember last year at Chicago, Chase Daniel started that tune-up game against the Chiefs instead of Mitchell Trubisky because Chicago had five preseason games, and therefore, that fourth preseason game, they let the backups take over and uh, play all the way into the second half. Kansas City starters got outplayed by Chicago's backups last year, which, I, I again, I, I said, hey, it's the preseason, but that was not encouraging whatsoever, especially in a year in a preseason that was so important because of the quarterback transition from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. You want to see something. so. Uh, but, hey, we all know how that ended up working out for the Chiefs. 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards for Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, obviously, that didn't carry over. But, let's be honest, man. We want to see something. We just do. Last week, Chiefs fans were roaring after that big win against the Bengals, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. But in this uh, past week's loss, the narrative became, hey, it's just the preseason. The field was what? There was a weather delay. Uh, look, I'm not saying hit the panic button. And I don't care if you're the biggest Chiefs optimist or the biggest pessimist or whatnot. Uh, every single fan base wants to see production from the starters in uh, in a preseason game, especially this preseason game. So I ask you, Zach, what is it that you are expecting the most? What do you want to see the most in this Saturday's game against the 49ers? I mean, I think on the offensive side of the ball, obviously, I'd like to see it look a little more like that drive did against the Bengals, where you just kind of, yep, it just seems like business as usual. The ball's moving pretty well. Uh, Mahomes is hitting receivers in stride. And, you know, if we can see a long bomb to a McCall Hardman or Tyreek Hill, I mean, I'm certainly here for that. Um, but, you know, some of the names that I'd love to see, you know, really emerge, um, you know, have you heard anything about Colin Saunders this preseason? No. I mean, we he have, hasn't really done much. Um, this defense so has love been to see pretty him quiet. Step up. Uh, would love to see him step up. Would love to see, you know, more flashes out of Tano Passigno. Um, and really the defensive line as a whole, I'd love to see them, you know, kind of carry over some of that momentum that we saw from, uh, from last week. I mean, you saw Alex Okafor getting a sack and Frank Clark, you know, routinely breaking down the pocket. I'd like to see more of that. Um, and frankly, I'd like to see some cornerbacks step up, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, Traverius Ward continuing to make some strides or, you know, Bashad Breland, I'd love to see him, you know, look a little more exceptional, but honestly, I'll settle for solid with him. Like that's totally fine. Uh, but I want to have a little more comfort, uh, with that position really offensively like you know just don't look like you did last week and I think we'll be fine um but defensively there's a lot I would like to see I mean frankly I'm excited to see what Morris Claiborne can do too uh to see if he can come in and uh help solidify our cornerback spot on one side or the other sorry that was a yeah, lot I mean, of answers no 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 that's good and I can't really disagree with you on a whole lot I, I don't know if Morris Claiborne's gonna play I'd like to but generally when someone hasn't had that much time uh, a preseason game might be a little bit different. It's easier to just let him go out there. Um, uh, so we'll see if, uh, on that. But as far as defensively speaking, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see a little bit more play from the defensive line. I know we haven't seen much of Tyron Matthew, and understandably so, rightfully so, because last week he did have that shoulder injury, but didn't appear to be anything too serious. Um, so I like to see the defense, yeah, step up a little bit more. Uh, I know they haven't allowed the Bengals nor the Steelers to go off. In fact, I if I have it down correctly, 17 points each game. Is that how many points the Chiefs have allowed? I think so. Cuz they won the first game. Yeah, 38 to 17 and then this past week they lost 17 to 7. So yeah, uh it's not like you're letting 
opposing players light it up or anything, but uh, you still like to see a little bit more dominance. Uh, I know that would give Chiefs fans a lot to feel good about going into the regular season. Offensively, yeah, I want to see the the week one offense, the preseason week one offense, because Mahomes had a couple of overthrown passes. He was 2 of 5, didn't look very pretty. Um, just the, the offense did not seem in sync. Now, again, I'm not saying hit the panic button. Uh, you know, I was having this conversation with a listener on Twitter, and we were talking about how, you know, Patrick Mahomes did in the in four of the five losses, I think was due to the slow start by Mahomes against the Seahawks in both Patriots games against the Rams. The Chiefs got off to very slow starts in those games. And I think with experience, you will improve in those areas. And I'd like to see the Chiefs kind of show up the way they did in week one against the Bengals where Mahomes was connecting on every single pass, all of his passes. And eventually the Chiefs punched it, it punched it in on that uh, first drive with the first team offense. So yeah, I'd like to see a couple of those kinds of drives uh, in uh, this week's game against the 49ers. Special teams wise, we didn't t- touch on this. Uh, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see a few big plays. I'd like to see, uh, I, uh, I, I was drawing blank on the name of the kicker, uh, butt kicker, Harrison Butker. Uh, I'd like to see him connect on a long range field goal. Uh, the punter situation, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Dustin Colquitz, but I do think it's interesting that they do have another punter on the roster for now, but I don't anticipate, you know, a surprise there. But I'd also like to see a couple of um, couple of big plays in the return game. I know we've saw we've seen Tremont Smith. He had a big return. I know McCall Hardman's looked a little bit uh, good. Uh, uh, Byron Pringle, too, had a nice uh, kick return a couple of weeks ago. So I'd like to see a bigger play, maybe one that gets into the end zone on special teams because that might be the last time we see uh, most of these guys because a lot of them won't play in week four. Yeah, and realistically, Trayvon Smith is the name that you mentioned there that just kind of stuck out. He's absolutely got to show us something this week if he wants to make this roster because I think with the return of DeAnthony Thomas, his status on this roster is very, very much in doubt. Yeah, and I do think it's interesting. What do you do with DeAnthony Thomas? Because he was a running back at Oregon. He has taken some handoffs. Uh, in his career in Kansas City. So is he a guy that maybe the Chiefs look? And we'll see what if Damian Williams, if he will continue to be 100%, if he can go uh, by the time uh, we play for real in week one. But, you know, maybe you do consider DeAnthony Thomas as a guy who maybe plays a little bit more uh, as a running back. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and you raise a good point. Yeah, I'd like to see more of Trayvon Smith because if you've got other viable candidates on special teams who are also contributing on offense or defense, depending on their position. Tremont Smith could be the odd man out. So that'll be interesting to see if he can maybe have a big game this week or the following week to save his roster spot on this football team. Is there anything else you want to add before we move on? No, I think we've got it pretty well covered. I mean, I guess one little thing, I would love to see some interceptions. All right. Not going to say no to that. Some turnovers would be good to see. For the Chiefs going into the regular season. Hey, uh, this is kind of interesting. So, a lot of Chiefs fans have been complaining that the nationwide uh, perception has been more in favor of the Chargers than the Chiefs. Well, a couple of major media outlets, and I'm talking major media outlets, such as ESPN and Sports Illustrated, they've been giving the Chiefs a lot of love in some of their future predictions. For example... Uh, ESPN's NFL Nation, uh, they had a panel of 45 writers and editors. Uh, they gave their predictions for this year, and they checked them against their Football Power Index prognostications, or the FPI, which I'll admit I don't have the greatest knowledge of that, but that's not the point here. 
But anyway, they collectively put their prediction together. Their overall prediction with their four, uh, team of 45, Super Bowl prediction, Chiefs over the Saints, and league MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Sports Illustrated also had its NFL panel look into the next five Super Bowl champions. Eight of the ten pundits say Kansas City will win at least one Super Bowl within the next five years. So, eight of the ten. Eighty percent think the Chiefs get one Super Bowl within the next five years. Among those eight, six of them say the Chiefs will win two Super Bowls. I mean, look, I know we see this a lot with the Golden State Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, obviously the Patriots in the NFL. We see, we, we do see a lot of um, teams that win multiple championships, but it's still a very difficult thing to do, especially when another team's doing it. You, it's hard to dethrone that team. And now here we are getting predictions saying not only are the Chiefs going to win a Super Bowl, they'll win multiple Super Bowls. And look, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in 2023, let alone next year. A lot can change. Look at uh, the Chiefs from the 2012 to the 2013 season. Nobody saw that turnaround coming. So it's hard to even predict what's going to happen 12 months from now. But fans still love this stuff. They love to read it. And if you're a Chiefs fan, hey, you're not going to complain about these predictions in the least bit. So Zach... I know we've been getting a lot of complaints about the Chargers being favored to win the AFC West, but a lot of pundits out there, again from uh, national media outlets, they've got the Chiefs going all the way. Not once, but twice. I mean, I think that that all just comes down ultimately to Mahomes. I mean, it really does, especially as you look at the, uh, you know, predicting it out, you know, into the next five years or so. Because um, realistically, we have something that we've never had here in Kansas City before, which is to say, a good young quarterback, not to mention the fact that he's already won an MVP in his first full season as a starter. Um, yeah. And at first glance, you know, when I saw the Super Bowl prediction and then their league MVP prediction for ESPN, um, you know, I kind of, you know, wrote it off at first saying like, oh, how creative of them saying that the MVP is going to be the guy who won the last one. Wow. Really stepping outside for a hot take. There. It's, it's, it's the easy but, thing to say. But by the same token, I mean, when's the last time we had someone get an MVP two years in a row? Like that's been a minute. Um, I mean, I think maybe, I mean, I know Brady's got a few, but I don't know if he's done it back-to-back. Um, same goes for Rodgers, but, um, you know, if, I, I certainly hope they're right, don't get me wrong. And I think that, you know, the prospects of the Chiefs, you know, I mean, the way that you have to look at it as you you project out over the five-year plan like they did uh, with Sports Illustrated, you know, you look at the quarterback and you assume that the you know, front office will be competent enough to put good pieces around him. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, we we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, if not the best quarterback in the league, and I think there's a very solid case to be made for that, um, and I would absolutely make said case. I mean, yeah, I, I think that it's a almost, like, dare I say, logical thing to say that the Chiefs might get a couple Super Bowls within the next five years because we have Mahomes and no one else does, so that's just how it is. If you want to expand some of these expectations from the Chiefs, well, if you go to a Vega Sportsbook, I mean, it, it, they're, it, depending from the sports book, they may either have the Chiefs uh, tying with the Patriots for best odds to win the Super Bowl, or maybe they have the Patriots and the Chiefs just barely behind them, or the other way around, the Chiefs barely ahead of the Patriots. I mean, the expectations are pretty high for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And, you know, I know Patriots fans, by the way, it's funny how Chiefs fans or the fan bases for the other 30 teams complain about how, you know, everyone wants the Patriots to win. Well, you know, I know um, on ESPN, and I cannot remember the name of um, this writer. Uh, he had some uh, uh, conflict with Dwayne Bow based off an interview. Um, uh, 
Jackson something. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about by chance? Okay, I do. Uh, that's. Uh, I know I'll remember after we're done recording, but he was on ESPN's uh, first take, and he mentioned that the Patriots were not going to get in the way of Mahomes getting to the Super Bowl. And I was reading the comment section of the YouTube video where they upload their uh, archived stuff from TV and putting it online. And all these Patriots fans are complaining, saying, well, here's another hater hating on the Patriots. Listen, I get it. When It's easy to be negative against the Patriots because you're tired of them. Even the media is tired of them. I remember when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots in Week 6 last year. The narrative was... The Chiefs were the better football team. Why? Well, look, I get it. Uh, it it's easy to, to hate on the Patriots, but uh, so many people are locked in on this Chiefs insane Super Bowl, which I get it due to penalties and controversies from the championship Sunday uh, games. I guess that should have been the Super Bowl, but that didn't happen. That wasn't the case, unfortunately. Yeah, now everyone's the Super hoping Bowl that's we- the case this year. Yeah, I mean, it's the Super Bowl we could have had. Many would argue should have had. And then if you, you know, it's equal parts of that and the fact that the Super Bowl that we did get was the most boring one in recent memory. Uh, and the prospect of... You know, so boring we've the, brought it up twice now. That's right. And I'll probably <laughs> bring it up again just for good measure. You know, we'll get the trifecta. Uh, but realistically, like, not only was it the fact that we had the most boring Super Bowl in recent memory, but we also, you know, you sit there and you're watching this game and naturally what do you do in between commercials? Your mind wanders a little bit. Uh, and you start picturing to yourself, like, man, what if it was Chiefs versus Saints? How much more fun would this be if that was the case? Um, and I think that that's a big part of the reason why you've got people you know, making that as the prediction. That, and realistically, I mean, neither, you know, both teams were right there knocking on the door. Neither has seemingly lost a step in the offseason. So it makes perfect logical sense to me. I remember in 2010 when the Chiefs were 3-0 and and they had a bye week in week four. There were a couple of other undefeated teams, and those teams lost. And the narrative was, is it bad for the NFL that the Chiefs are undefeated? Because they were 3-0, and they had a bye week. And Chiefs fans were complaining about that kind of coverage on a good start to the season. Well, now you're getting the coverage that you have been asking for for a very long time. Even during the years when you've been up and down, Chiefs fans still want that coverage. Every team does, I get it. But even now, when you have the MVP and all the success, well... Here you have it, Chiefs fans. Uh, you've been wanting this kind of uh, favorable type of prediction from the national media. You're getting it. So let us know your thoughts on that at Facebook, Twitter, and the voicemail line or the text line. Let's move on. Um, Zach, I've been getting a lot of messages lately, more so this offseason than any other year combined, where people are emailing me, messaging me on Facebook and Twitter saying, that they're going to visit Kansas City for a Chiefs game at Arrowhead, which is awesome to hear. Yeah, uh, man. For people from uh, from Vegas, from California, the East Coast, I mean, anywhere and everywhere. And someone actually messaged me just last week from Australia, one of our longtime listeners. Uh, his name is Paul. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's been listening for a long time, all the way uh, down under, which is Good cool. night, Paul. Uh, uh, he, <laughs> he, uh, he messaged me asking where – here's the question I get the most – Everyone asks me, where is the best place to stay? And because I live here, I've never stayed in a hotel here in Kansas City, so I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I know a lot of times when in weddings and situations like that, yeah, okay, maybe you get a, a hotel there, but I've never been in that situation necessarily. So I asked you guys on Facebook, and we actually got a lot, and on Twitter too, got a lot of answers for this. And so I figured, you know what, because I keep getting questions about what to do and where to stay and all this, we decided to put together a list of things to do 
in Kansas City. So if you're going to come here for a Chiefs game at Arrowhead, we're going to give you the list here. We're going to give you some suggestions. And uh, if you want to add on to this list, never too late. You guys can always leave a voicemail or text us, 913-808-2119. Let us know if we missed anything or if you disagree with anything that we've mentioned. Uh, so definitely let us know. Let's start with number one, places to eat here in Kansas City. I think some of the obvious, Joe's KC in KCK, the uh, the old school one, the gas station one, the first one. They also have one in Olathe in Leewood. Uh, and I should mention suggestion- that those need to, I mean, he just listed those in order of importance because barbecue is unique for those of you who aren't, you know, native Kansas Cityans. You know, the older the restaurant is, the more seasoned their smoker is, therefore the slightly better food you get. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get a great meal at all three of those Joes. I've eaten at every single one of them, but the gas station one is truly different. I've got to be honest. I've never been to that one, so uh, I definitely need nah, to. You're doing uh, it wrong, Fars. Got to yeah, do it. Yeah, I am doing it wrong. Uh, my suggestion, the Z-Man sandwich, do you have uh, a preference? Do they make anything else? I'm really not sure. I mean, part of it's the <laughs> fact that, like, you know, Z-Man was also a nickname for me growing up, and the sandwich is, you know, just perfection. So between those two things, like, I, I'm, I'm sure they make other things at Joe's KC, but really, if they didn't, I wouldn't know. I've heard that, uh, you know, what is it, the Rocket Pig or whatever, the one, the, you know, the uh, if you like spicy pulled pork food, one, like, yeah, I've heard that's pig. absolutely great. But, uh, and really, like, you're not going to get, you know, Whatever you order there, you're not going to get a bad meal at all. But the Z-Man absolutely is the way to go. Um, uh, Q39, uh, they've got a couple. There's one in Casey Moan, north of Westport. I've never mm-hmm. been to that one, but I've been to the one in Overland Park. And my suggestion there, the Burt N. Burger, what do you have? That's a great one. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I've only been to the Q39 in OP. So, um, I mean, I, it, I always wanted to get to the one in Westport, but the line was always super long. I guess that's a pro tip on q39 especially like if you're thinking about doing so just call ahead they do take reservations um but yeah no that's another great one and then obviously you know you've got your standards of uh gates and arthur bryant's if you're doing bryant's you got to go to the one down at 17th in brooklyn um downtown don't go to the one at the legends it's not nearly as good um but yeah i think that covers oh and then there's jack stack of course um if that covers all of our barbecue i think there's good i know we're gonna get you know Shout it out for missing a barbecue joint that's someone's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry in advance because I know we're going to do it. Um, but realistically, it's Kansas City. Like, if it's a barbecue joint if and they're still around, they're probably pretty good. Realistically, yeah. like, if they're trash, they don't last very long in this town. I mean, they, we, we mentioned, like, the bigger barbecue joints, but there are also, like, smaller restaurants. Like, uh, there's a place called Burnt End Barbecue in uh, mm-hmm. Overland Park. It's a small place, but... Still nice. I mean, great food there. So to your Brobex point, yeah. is another great one there. Little anywhere uh, kind of hole in the wall sort of shop. Now a little bit outside of the barbecue realm, Beer Kitchen in Westport. That's a really pop. I've never been there, but I've heard a lot oh, of great, great things about it. Highly. My brother and I are, are actually going this weekend, so I'm excited for that. Um, sports bars. I mean, yeah, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings, but that's everywhere. I can't nah, think of go like- to Johnny's. That's a Casey staple. I mean, Lauren by way of Lawrence. So. You know, okay. come at me, Mizzou fans. I'm not worried about it because uh, uh. Johnny's is still one of the better bars you'll find. I mean, honestly, anything you find down at PNL too, uh, not a bad play, just because of the atmosphere itself. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the um, the Sporting KC bar. I, what's it called? Yeah. No other pub. No other pub. Yeah, I've I've been there once. Uh, forgot about that one. No, that's uh, I'm great. Glad fun. You, you brought that up. And then um, you know if well, there's also McFadden's, but just don't expect Eric Hosmer to pick up your tab the way he did last time. 
Yeah, that, that, I did hear a lot of stories about that. Uh, as far as pizza goes, um, so there's a former Chiefs player. He didn't play very long for the Chiefs. His name is Joe Perez. He owns a place called Ortego's Pizza. I ate there for the first time this past weekend. My brother and I went. He's got a really cool Mahomes mural, which I uploaded on the Facebook page and on Twitter. And he commented and shared it, which was pretty cool. I, I, someone tagged him, I guess. Um, dude, their pizza's pretty good. I gotta say, one of the best uh, you'll find in town. Is there a pizza place that you would suggest more than any other place? I mean, if you're down in Westport or near Westport, uh, there's a little spot called Johnny Joe's. Um, I mean, you it, it, there's not a lot of ability to go in there because it's, I guess, technically it's in Westwood, uh, and it's, I mean, it was very clearly a house previously uh, that they just renovated into an awesome little pizza shop. But frankly, I've been here in New York now for almost a month, and I'd put them up against any other pizza I've had so far, and I've had quite a fair bit trying to find the best slice in New York. So, yeah, Johnny Joe's. Uh, as far as open mall areas where you can just eat, drink, or if you're wanting to shop while you're in the area, uh, we touched on a couple of them already. Uh, Westport, Beer Kitchen and Char Bar are great. You mentioned uh, Power and Light. Uh, a lot of good places to eat and drink there as well. Um, Country Club Plaza, especially if you're visiting after Thanksgiving when the lights are up, that is a good time to come in. You mentioned the Legends. That's always a good place to go to. There's uh, a couple of smaller places as well. Uh, Town Center in Overland Park, Zona Rosa near the airport. Um, also a really nice small place, Prairie Fire. I mean, they've got some nice places to uh, yeah. eat and drink there as well. Definitely small, uh, but... Any any other areas you want to add in there? I th- I mean I guess you know downtown in the crossroads too. Depending on the time, um, yeah. There's if you want to do like a little pub crawl or something, like the crossroads is absolutely the spot for that in terms of just like sheer density of awesome breweries. Um, you know, there's Boulevard, obviously that you know it's a that one's a little out of the way. But then as you uh, work your way down towards like you know, kind of 18th and Main sort of area, there's a bunch of bar or a bunch of a uh, little brew pubs all in you know a very close proximity like double shift is one uh then there's border those two are literally right next to each other around the corner is lifted spirit so you can make a nice little pub crawl out of it um i know i missed a handful that are down there that's not deliberate it's just you know those are the ones that came immediately to mind yeah and like i said i'm sure we'll miss some but let us know uh whether it's on social media or if you're going to text us uh or leave a voicemail definitely let us know uh, never too late to add in on the conversation. Uh, and now, for those of you coming in from out of town, like definitely take some of those recommendations seriously. Like, yeah, Kansas City is the sort of town where the locals will show you where to go. Now, some of the people who might be visiting, they might be parents. They might be you know, bringing their kids along. So what do you do if you've got kids, if you want to do a family kind of thing? Uh, Zach, I completely forgot about this. You mentioned this, the college basketball experience, uh, yeah. which I've been it's there a right, couple of times. Right off the definitely Center, good it's place. amazing. Yeah, uh, definitely like worth going. The most interactive museum you'll find, uh, other than possibly Science City, which like I remember very fondly from when I was a kid. That was always great fun uh, going yeah. down there. Um, and I think they've built up a couple other things down near there, too. Like There's like a Lego Land and some aquarium thing uh, down by sea Crown Life Center. They're all pretty sea close. World? Yeah, I've been, I think like Sea Life, that sounds right. Sea World is where Shamu is, and that's not in Kansas City, of okay, course, all right. but it's all right. Um but no, there's there's plenty of things to do. I just don't generally think about them as I don't have children. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never been to Sea Life, right? That's what yeah, we, we Sea Life. Sea okay, World okay. is yeah, on the coasts where Shamu okay. is. Um, I've never been to Legoland either, but I've heard good things about that. That is at Crown Center. Um, as far as arcades go, there's a main event in Olathe. Is there another main event elsewhere? There might be. That you know of? Okay. Um, so there's it's main bad event. that like when I think arcades now I just think up down which like 
Yeah, don't bring your kids. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> would not suggest that. Uh, we mentioned the Legends. Uh, there's a Dave and Busters uh, at the Legends and in KCK. Uh, Corbin Park uh, also has a Dave and Busters as well. Surprised we have two of them in uh, Kansas City, but that's how they uh, have it. There's also, uh, if you're not on the Kansas side or if you're not on the western uh, part of the uh, metro area, if you're uh, in Lee Summit, they do have uh, Paradise Park. I remember uh, we had family friends in uh, Lee Summit, and uh, we went there before. So uh, that is definitely a place worth going. You mentioned Science City at Union Station. Um, Worlds of Fun, If I think they're open until Halloween. So if you get a chance to come before it closes, definitely worth visiting World of Fun, Worlds of Fun as well. Now, if you're a historian, we mentioned the college basketball experience um look if you're a a historian buff a history buff i should say i mean there are some places you've got to visit the world war one museum which i have been told it's amazing it it takes multiple days to even just go through um it's very close to union station the nelson atkins museum close to the plaza the jazz museum and the negro league baseball museum at 18th and vine very close to downtown also, uh, I've never, I haven't been to this in a long time, but the Arabia Steamboat Museum at City Market, which is kind of a nice historic place, the City Market, um, so that is right there as well. Uh, not history related necessarily, but a, I've heard a lot of people uh, say good things about the Overland Park Arboretum. I've been there. I heard during the holidays it's, it's even nicer with the lights and everything. I've never been there during the holidays, but that is uh, worth checking out as well. Yeah, I would also just say if you're going down to the Jazz Museum, and I mean, you can hit that and the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum together, um, and then it's really not too far from the original Arthur Bryant, so you can just kind of you know hit all those things at once. Or if it's later at night, you know, you can sneak back downtown towards the Green Lady Lounge to hear some live jazz, or really all throughout that 18th and Vine District, you can find a lot of great live jazz. Um, Kansas City is pretty well known for that, too. Not as well known as for barbecue, but close, so definitely worth the while. As far as where to stay, now this is the last part of our what to do in Kansas City. Um, Again, these are suggestions from some of the listeners on Facebook and Twitter. I've been told the Marriott downtown, the Embassy Suites at the Plaza, Crown Plaza by P&L, Hilton President. uh, That's downtown. Okay, that's downtown. Uh, I've heard people mention the Doubletree Hotel in Overland Park, uh, and then... uh, I, was, people mentioned that there were some really good hotels at Independence off I-70 and 470. So places like Drury Inn, Wingate, Holiday Inn. A couple of people mentioned Stony Creek. Uh, there's also, I believe it's, I don't know how you pronounce this. Is it Aloft? Aloft. In Leewood? Oh, Aloft, okay. They have that in Leewood at Park Place. That is right by Town Center, which is very close. There's the uh, movie theater there as well. Uh, and you've got a lot of great uh, places to eat, drink, shop, and all. Uh, so, that, so that'd be a good place. Uh, the other thing mentioned- I'd say, um, yeah, just because I've had you know friends of mine who actually used to come up from Springfield for every home game, uh, you know the Marriott uh, in Overland Park as well as the Sheraton that are both right there by the Convention Center. Pretty easy access to 435, and you can just kind of slide right into the stadium. Uh, just kind of follow 435 around, and it's not too hard to get to. As far as by the stadium, uh, again, I don't know how good or how bad these are. Uh, so do do research on this section of the uh, of this segment because uh, this is the area we have the least experience in. Uh, I've been told uh, I've been told about Adams Mark Hotel, Drury Inn, and Wood Spring. They are all right by the stadiums. As far as if you wanted to stay in one of the casinos, there's a Mirror Star Casino, which uh, is a nice place. Um, 
I mean, they they have a nice sports bar uh, that I've been to a couple of times, which is really nice. Um, there's also Argosy Casino. They have a nice buffet too. Uh, but I, I'm not too familiar with their hotels, which I'm sure that can definitely ruin ex- an experience as well. So I uh, definitely do uh, research ahead of time. Is there anything else you wanted to add to any of that, Zach? I mean, for the ones out by the stadium, just know that, I mean, the the stadiums are fairly remote from a lot of the things, you know, downtown or any of the, most of the other things we've mentioned. Like, the stadiums are all out there by themselves, which if you're, you know, just coming for the game, perfect. You're right where you need to be. Uh, you know, just plan to go in and tailgate and enjoy that because, I mean, that's obviously part of the experience. Uh, but as for proximity to most everything else in Kansas City, there's real. I mean, it's it's a it's a little bit of a hike, so just plan accordingly. All right, like I said, if we miss anything, let us know. Facebook.com slash Farzingasugian, at Farzing21 on Twitter, at Zsteginga on Twitter, and again, voicemail slash text line 913-808-2119. Obviously, we covered a lot here on this episode of the podcast. so But we definitely missed stuff. Yeah, for sure. So let us know if you want to get in on any of the discussion or if you want to add to any of our suggestions. Let us know anytime before the next couple of episodes. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's go around the NFL. Surprise, surprise. Uh, The whole Antonio Brown thing is continuing, once again. Uh, Why not? That's just the way it works sometimes. Uh, So Antonio Brown has filed uh, another helmet grievance. Raiders general manager Mike Mayock called out Antonio Antonio Bryant saying he needs to know if AD is all in. Or excuse me, Antonio Brown. Thank you. Uh, So much so you're even forgetting names at this point. Uh, Wants (laughs) to know if he is all in or not. And on Tuesday, he did practice with a certified helmet. Uh, look, I'm not going to say anything different than I said last time when we talked about this, but at this point, if Antonio Brown is staying with the Raiders, that is a good thing if you're a Chiefs fan because the drama is only going to continue. That's all I have to say. No, that's totally fair. Though, in his defense, man, like, I mean, I know this helmet thing has been you know, pretty easy to joke about, but the feet thing, man, that was no joke whatsoever. Like, I don't know if you've seen the hard knocks. Uh, episode and like I mean even if you just go on Instagram and like you can see the pictures of his feet man like that's gnarly stuff and not like the you know not like good snowboarding is gnarly like it's yeah pretty rough Uh, you know honestly like you feel real bad for the guy when you see that well I don't feel bad for him but that's because you're nicer than I am Uh, I try speaking of nicer things or not so nice things uh, some feelings were hurt Uh, Cowboys running back Tony Pollard he ran for uh, 42 yards off five carries and a touchdown in which uh, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, as there's police action going on in the background for Zach in good old New York City. Uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, no, that's fine. I mean, it happens. Uh, Jerry Jones said, Zeke who? Now, Zeke's <laughs> agent, uh, Rocky, I don't know how you say his last Arsenault. name. So I'm not gonna, I'm, I'll go with that. It seems French, so I'm going to go with Arsenault. Uh, he uh, told ESPN's Chris Mortensen that neither he nor the running backs found that joke humorous. In fact, quote, we actually thought it was disrespectful. Look, man, uh, I don't know what to say. You're holding out and you're willing to do the levy on Bell thing at this point. So uh, if you're not going to show up to camp, don't be surprised if uh, the owner makes a comment like that. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not not really. I mean, like, did Jerry Jones have to say something like that? Obviously not. You know, if I was in Zeke's shoes, I probably wouldn't be too happy about it. Um, but also, I feel like it would absolutely light a fire to uh, 
you know, get back to camp and show like, yeah, this Tony Pollard guy, like, sure, he's doing just fine, but let me show you why I'm the best running back in the NFL, which, I mean, I don't think Zeke is the best running back in the NFL, but he's certainly top five. Uh, and I think that he has a chance to go out there and prove that. So, um, you know, as someone who doesn't much care for the Cowboys organization, I just think this whole thing's pretty funny. Uh, no news with Eric Berry yet, but there's some speculation that he could return to the AFC West because the Chargers have lost Derwin James with a stress fracture in his right foot. That just sounds painful to even talk about. Uh, I did not follow up to see if he had surgery or not. I'm guessing by now he has. Uh, He is expected to miss at least three to four months. Now, the speculation is that Eric Berry is the player that the Chargers should target. And you know what, man? I know Chiefs fans may not like to see that pan out this way, but hey, uh, let's be honest. If you're the Chargers, why not? I get Eric Berry is not the most reliable option right now. In fact, he could be more of a liability than a viable option at safety. But what do you have to lose at this point, especially when the Chiefs are the top dogs? And I get it. You both finished with a 12-4 record, but the Chiefs are expected to win this division. And if you're if you're the Chargers, why not get someone who might have a little bit of familiarity with how Patrick Mahomes throws the football? Eric Berry has that familiarity. So the Chargers should go for him, man. I, I think they need to uh, contact his agent and uh, hit him up. Yeah, I definitely don't necessarily want to see... Eric Berry suit up for the Chargers, but realistically, like as a Chiefs fan, it wouldn't worry me too too much, just because realistically, like you know, the Eric Berry that you know we knew is gone. I mean, he's he's a shell of his former self, sadly, and it's because you know his heels are all screwed up. Um, what is like the Hoglins deformity or something that he's dealing with? That's you know got like it's essentially like if you had a hook for a heel digging into your Achilles the entire time, so. Not awesome uh, for Eric Berry, and absolutely feel bad for the guy that that's the case. But uh, as a Chiefs fan, you know when it comes to just football here, the prospect of Eric Berry suiting up for the Chargers shouldn't worry you too much at all. I will say this. Uh, I mean, there's always the possibility that he could be his old self. What are the chances of that? Not too much, but I get it from a Charger standpoint. That is the optimism you would um, you would like to lean on if... Um, if you do, if they do sign Eric, Eric Berry, but again, that's just speculation. Does not appear to be anything serious at this point. Let's move on. Let's go out of bounds. Orhe Soler, he from the Royals is tied fifth in home runs with 35 in the majors. Uh, he's fifth in the AL in RBIs. Ian Kennedy, the closer for the Royals, he's fifth in the AL in saves. Whit Merrifield, second in the majors in hits. He and Adalberto Mondesi are tied first with one another, uh, or with another person, uh, for most triples. Uh, look, I know the Royals are the third worst team right now, but compared to past years when they've been one of the worst teams, this is one of the better bad Royals teams, which, oddly... They're fun to watch because they've got some players that are one of the best in the majors. Now, I'll be honest, I've not followed the Royals in the past couple of months. Is Mondesi playing? Because I know he had that big shoulder collision, that shoulder injury. Is he playing right now? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Like, since I moved to New York, I haven't kept as good a track of them as I should be. Um, It's just, you know, the fact that we've been playing pretty poorly and the fact that I've been focused on making the move to New York, I just have not kept track of it. Well, fair enough. But nonetheless, I mean, it's kind of one of the weirder bad Royal seasons, which we've had a lot of bad seasons in Kansas City. But this team, I mean, 
Look, I don't know what it's going to be like when Salvador Perez returns, but I got to be honest, man, I'm usually not this kind of uh, person with the Royals, but I've got a little bit of optimism that they might be competitive next year. Am I being too optimistic? No, I don't think you're being too optimistic at all. I think that it's certainly, you know, a possibility that will be, you know, I think that you look at next year, the kind of the way that we looked at, you know, what was it, 2014 when we didn't, uh, or no, I guess 2013 when we didn't make the playoffs, but we ended way closer to 500 and then we, you know, kind of turned the corner the following year. Um, you know, this could, next year could very easily be that year. So that, that would make then two years from now where we're looking really, really good. Um, just in time for, you know, some of our young pitching to come up, um, Honestly, I'm definitely going to be paying a little bit more attention over the next few months just to see. I mean, realistically, as long as he stays healthy, I see no reason why Jorge Soler isn't about to replace Mike Moustakas in the Royals' uh, record books for number of home runs. Uh, yeah, we'll finally get to knock it over 40, I would think. I mean, the fact that he's got 35 and it's you know middle of August, I think that he'll be able to get that far. But uh, definitely something that i'm excited to see happen and we do have some you know pretty solid pieces as long as mondesi can stay healthy obviously wit is you know one of the most underrated players in the mlb as a whole Uh, we've got some young talent coming up through the system so no i don't think you're wrong to be optimistic at all we talked about reunions earlier with uh d'anthony thomas and jeff allen well another reunion could take place outside of kansas city the memphis grizzlies have given dwight howard permission for him to speak to the Lakers of all teams. Um, now, he's allowed to speak to other teams as well, but uh, there's supposedly mutual interest between Howard and the Lakers. Look, first off, the previous stint w- with uh, the Lakers, that was a disaster. Everyone thought that Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash is going to be great. Uh, no, it was On paper, it should have been. In fact, um, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, look, uh, th- there was probably a reason why the Grizzlies are saying, yeah, sure, go talk to them. Yeah, we won't make a tampering claim here. Uh, I mean, look, um, Dwight Howard, not the, he's he's a good player, but not the, as dominant as he once was in the NBA. Now, maybe he reunites with LeBron and he starts playing well. I don't know. Uh, do you think it'd be a smart idea to bring back Dwight Howard? If the price is right, it couldn't hurt. I mean, like, if you look at some of the other names that were tossed out as possibilities, like... You know, I heard Marcin Gortat, who has been playing overseas, mentioned as a possibility. Then this is all because Boogie Cousins tore his... Was it his Achilles or ACL? I forget. Uh, ACL. Okay. So at least he didn't re-tear the Achilles again. But, uh, yeah, it's all in response to that injury. And realistically, like, you know, you take a flyer on the guy and hope that it works. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they go hunting for, uh, you know, some younger talent at that center spot just to... Yeah, I mean, realistically, they don't have to do too much. Just, you know, grab rebounds and swat shots. I mean, heck, honestly, someone like a Cole Aldridge might be a better fit in that sort of a case. He can do both of those things pretty easily uh, and has done it consistently at the NBA level for a while. So I don't think you need, you know, I mean, if you, bottom line, if you can get, you know, even just a shadow of Dwight Howard's former self, I think it'll be more than enough uh, to be helpful for the Lakers. We talked about Nate Diaz last episode, uh, or last week rather, when we did the closing segments, and after a three-year layoff, he came back, he won, and he won convincingly. Great fight for him, and you know, it's kind of interesting with MMA, because you look at Nate Diaz and what he did, he completely dominated a very decorated fighter in Anthony Pettis. As far as other MMA fighters who have taken time off and came back, uh, some have even retired. In fact, George St. Pierre retired for four years, he came back and he beat Michael Bisping, who was a decorated champion uh, at middleweight. 
Dominic Cruz retired uh, for three years because of so many injuries. And then he came back in his first fight. He knocked out his opponent in 61 seconds. Uriah Faber, he unretired after two and a half years off. And in his first fight back, he won by TKO in 43 seconds. Look, man, MMA is a weird sport. I can't think of another sport where someone could be retired or just take three, four years off and come back just as strong, if not stronger. Uh, combat sports can be a little bit weird because uh, Nate Diaz looked, I mean, that looked like one of the best fights I've ever seen from him. And it just kind of makes you wonder, is there something weird about the sport where you can take a couple of years off and just look even better when you come back? I mean, I think I can come up with a couple of examples from other sports. I mean, namely, obviously, Michael Jordan taking some time off to go be a minor league baseball player and then still coming back at the height of his powers. Um, I mean, to a lesser extent, Tiger Woods. I mean, he didn't. I think he took what two years off, maybe a year and a half, uh, to recover so, yeah. from that back injury. But uh, you know, I mean, he obviously didn't come right out of the gate back looking like his old self. But uh, you know. He managed to win another major, so, I mean, you could maybe make a case for that. It'll be interesting to see what we get out of Jason Witten this year, though he didn't retire for very long, so that might not be the most accurate. Um, you know, I think it'd actually be really interesting to see how Colin Kaepernick could come back and play uh, in the NFL. I know, obviously, there's so much more than just He's had a long layoff. To that, but, like, it would be fascinating, strictly from a football perspective, to see what he looks like after this long of a layoff. Um, like, that, that would honestly fascinate me. Uh, just to see, you know, I, I would absolutely be glued to that game, even if it's, you know, I mean, I guess I was about to say the Browns versus, you know, the Jaguars, but realistically, both of those should be decent teams this year, so it's not as easy to make that joke. Um, but you know what I'm saying, like, even if it's the two worst teams in the league, I would absolutely watch that just to see how he looks coming out of, you know, his three-year hiatus. By the way, remember how we were talking about Nate Diaz last week, and he just claimed to earn a victory because his opponent pulled out due to an injury? Yeah. So he was doing his interview with Joe Rogan, and they talked about how he was gone. And Joe Rogan asked, because they do the Octagon interviews after a fight with the winner. And Joe Rogan asked, he said, are you here for good? Are, are we going to see you on a consistent basis? And he goes, I was gone for three years because everyone else sucked. <laughs> it's just like, hmm. this guy, unintentionally hilarious. I mean, he he never fails to impress you. <laughs> just never does uh, with Nate Diaz. It's always, uh, it's always good. Uh, but nonetheless, funny. yeah. Um, it's it's interesting when uh, you see that um, more so in combat sports, but yeah, you mentioned some good examples as well. Let's keep this train rolling and throw our penalty flags. Boy, uh, you know what was worse than that Chiefs and Steelers preseason game? Uh, the Monday Night Football preseason game between the Broncos and the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, not did not looking good at all. Uh, who the Chiefs are playing against, by the way, this week? Uh, he threw an interception on the second play of Monday's game against the Broncos. Uh, he supposedly threw five picks in one practice leading up to this game, which Ugh. we heard we heard kind of a similar thing with Mahomes last year, if you guys remember. By the way, uh, Grappolo said after the game he was quote a little frustrated, just a little, Zach, just a little. By the way, passer rating zero point zero 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 all the way with many zeros across the board. Ouch. Yeah, um, that was terrible. That's pretty terrible. I mean, to be fair, didn't he like what did you tear an ACL or break his leg last year? Like, I forget exactly what his injury was, but. Uh, line, I don't. I forgot what it was, injury, but it was against so. the Chiefs. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. But in any event, I mean, 
yeah, you you hate to see someone just come out and just absolutely flounder like that unless they're playing for the Raiders, in which case it's hilarious. Uh, so, I mean, frankly, if he wants to do it again this weekend against us, I mean, I'm not going to complain. I you know I could absolutely you know, enjoy seeing him toss an interception or two to our cornerbacks. Uh, I'd like to see our cornerbacks earn an interception more so than that. But regardless, you know, I'd take it. So this is pretty embarrassing. Uh, the no, Unified it's hilarious. Of Wyand- that too. Uh, of Wyandotte County slash KCK said it is evicting the Kansas City T-Bones baseball team from the public-owned stadium in Village West. That is out in uh, the Legends area. The eviction letter was sent on Friday and orders the baseball team to leave the stadium and remove all of its property by 5 p.m. on September the 13th. Now, I don't know when the Northern League season ends, and I I'm don't pretty sure care. it's right around then. Well, which, which would make sense. Uh, now, the unified government said the T-Bones were delinquent in paying almost 360000 in current utility payments, close to 330000 in past due Board of Public Utilities Whoa. costs. And more than 75000 owed under the lease agreement for the use of the stadium. Here's the kicker, by the way. The T-Bones owners have made only three of the last 48 monthly payments of $1,678. So they have failed to pay 45 of the last 48 months in a four-year span. And by the way, whoever has been letting them get away with this for so long, that person's got to be super generous. Imagine... Get being given 48 months to pay your car and you're you've only paid three of them and they're still i mean they still have not repoed your car i mean they, whoever is in charge here they've been very generous to the t-bones i mean absolutely and i guess i didn't realize just the magnitude of the situation here when i said it was hilarious um I mean, I just thought the prospect of, you know, a baseball team getting evicted just sounded funny to me, but I guess maybe less so uh, because, man, that is rough. I mean, I get it. You know, these minor league teams, they do operate on a pretty tight margin. uh, And realistically, like, I remember going out to T-Bones games as a kid. Like, they were always a lot of fun, but they weren't weren't a lot of money. Uh, And, you know, realistically, like, you could see about the same level of baseball as was being played at Kaufman during those years. Because let's be honest, we're talking about like 2005-2006. I mean, shoot, I remember, you know, the T-Bones had an all-st- a former you know Royals All-Star suit up for him at one point. You know, the great Ken Harvey. There's a name Ken I'm Harvey. sure you didn't think was coming out on the podcast today. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's I guess it's just a shame, man, the fact that, like, I mean, I'm also just sitting here thinking, like, holy cow. You know, you own a baseball team, and you've only made three of your 48 monthly payments. Now, I get it. There's a lot of other expenses. Namely, you have to pay the players and coaches, and you know, you got to pay to bust them from game to game. So I like I know that there's a lot of payments that go into the logistics here, but straight up, I mean, and, and I know I'm living in New York now, so this is a little bit different, but like my roommate and I paid very close to that 1678 in rent on a monthly basis and neither of us were of means to own a freaking baseball team so that's kind of ridiculous if you ask me but i digress if you're in your mid-20s and you can do it in new york you can do it if you own a baseball team damn it that's right this is kind of funny uh a state trooper in washington washington state by the way approached a driver who was pulled over uh, and parked on the shoulder of a busy highway which is odd and understandably so the the state trooper goes to investigate that uh he goes up to the parked car and found a dude sitting in his car playing pokemon go 
which I did not know people were still playing Pokemon Go. Um, but now, not only was he playing it, he was playing it on eight different phones. He he has all of these phones, all eight of them. I guess they're glued on to like a foam board, making it easy to play all eight at once. Um, I did not know people still play Pokemon Go. I, have <laughs> I by the so way, many I, I mentioned this. I mentioned this on Facebook, and a lot of people were like, "I still play Pokemon Go." I'm like. Okay, all right. I'm sorry, I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to play walking to work just because it was kind of nice. To, you know, what else are you going to do? You're just walking to work. I don't do it anymore in, here in New York City because you have to watch out for people. But, uh, I mean, I used to do that. But eight different, like, I mean, can we talk about the fact that this guy had eight different phones? Presumably, like, you're not using all eight to make calls. So it stands to reason that you have eight phones for exactly this purpose. Which makes zero sense to me. By the way, the state trooper actually took a picture. It's not like the phone is just sitting there. Like, he's actively... There's, like, activity going on on all eight of those phones on his Pokemon Go journey. Um, Which is like, dude... I mean, imagine, like, playing, you know, uh, eight PS4s at once. Or eight, you know, Xboxes at once. I I mean, how do you do that? I have no idea, which in that portion of it honestly makes it almost, like in a weird kind of way, kind of impressive. Like, you know, like eating a whole wheel of cheese, man. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. Uh, by the way, I, I'm mad about something um, since we're on the topic. So I still get emails from Pokemon Go saying, oh, we really? miss you. Come back. Yeah. Now, I have unsubscribed at least dozens of times because a lot of times when you get an email that you don't want, you can unsubscribe and sometimes it takes a day, maybe a week. Dude, I have unsubscribed from that crap for ever and i still keep getting emails from these guys it's like i just give up i i I mean i don't even know what to do it's like i deleted the app i tried to shut down my account which it doesn't let you do um just mark it as a spam filter i i guess i gotta start doing that uh i i mean i've been meaning to do that but i keep forgetting but i definitely need to make sure i do that uh pretty soon but yeah man um eight different devices playing uh, pokemon go um that means this guy had been doing it long enough, presumably, like, you know, without his foam board designed to play all eight at once. Like, th- I have so many questions about this, just because, like, how do you get to that point in life, sir? I just, like, I- I'm genuinely curious, but I-, I guess it is what it is. My um, my girlfriend, last summer, and I, we were walking out of park, and we we see these people all on their phones talking to each other, and we're like, they're playing Pokemon Go. They're definitely playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, and they're splitting up. Presumably, and... eight people with one phone each, not yeah, one oh, guy no. with eight phones for himself. Yeah. Um. Hey, if you can afford them, uh, good on you. Uh, have fun with your uh, Pokemon journey there. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up, Zach. Uh, our hot take segment where we go against conventional wisdom. You have an unpopular opinion that goes against the grain, goes against what everyone else is saying. You say. Or, or everyone else says one thing, you say the other. That is the definition of a hot take. Everyone has them, and you have this safe space to bring those up here. Now, we did get one text. I'll get to that in a minute. Zach, do you have a hot take for this episode? Yeah, I've got one. All right, what is the theme of your hot take? I mean, it's NFL-related. It is always sports-related with you. Uh, I, mine I mean, is it's also sports sports podcast. Uh, I mean, yeah, but this, you know, the closing segments, we go out of bounds and all that, but that's okay. That's fair. Um, I just always um, forget. Mine is MMA related. Uh, I will. Right, what you got? More spe- well, more specifically, what what NFL uh, related is your hot take with? It, it, it's Raider related. 
Okay, well, let's go ahead. Let's hear it. I'm intrigued. All right. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the uh, the Raiders are going to finish with a better record than the Chargers this year. Oh, okay, that take. is not a hot take. That is a scorching hot take. Defend yourself, sir. I mean, realistically, I mean, I, again, maybe it's just because I've been watching too much Hard Knocks, but like, there, there are some – I mean, per, first off, Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. Like That can't be understated. Uh, and I think that it, it's less of a – statement on like how far the Raiders are going to go because I mean realistically Antonio Brown is going to be able to kind of make or break the way that that offense runs um like he can either break it wide open um and they could actually really be yeah and so obviously I'm operating under that assumption with this hot take if Antonio Brown torpedoes their season well then yeah there's a reason this is a hot take (laughs) but I think that you know they've got some they've they've got some talented players, man. And I also think that the Chargers are going to regress. I really do. I mean, defensively, I think they'll be plenty strong, but I don't think that Philip Rivers really has that much left in the tank. Uh, and Melvin Gordon's still holding out. Like, yes, we've already established that you know Eakler and uh, Justin Johnson or Jackson, I forget, um, you know, have done fine in his absence. But I, I just don't. I mean, the, the Chargers they just always seem to be you know bitten by the injury bug, and it seems like that's happening again. Uh, and I think the Raiders are a team on the up, so we'll see what happens. Look, when uh, when they had their 2015 draft, I actually liked their 2015 draft. And I told people, I said, they won't compete this year, but they'll compete in 2016. And everybody laughed at me. And what happened? They, I believe they tied with the same record as the Chiefs for best uh, record in the division. And it took a Derek Carr injury for the Chiefs to even win the division in Week 17. So I take credit for that, man, because a lot of Chiefs fans, I get it. It's They're Chiefs fans. They don't ever want to say good things about the Raiders. But, um, oh, no, don't get me wrong. It hurt my soul to say that just now. But it's also a I hot can, take, so it's the only place where it felt okay to say. Listen, I can give credit where credit's due, though. Uh, listen, I like Derek Carr. I think he's capable of doing good things, but we haven't seen it lately. 2016, he was close to winning the MVP. If... He can return to his 2016 form, and if Antonio Brown can stop with all this BS, then yeah, I, I think I think this Raiders team could be competitive. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe if you're optimistic, you're feeling that way. I'm actually surprised a lot. Now, of people see, I didn't aren't... say that. Well, I know that. I know. What I'm saying is, I'm surprised there are not a lot of people who are picking the Raiders as a dark horse team because of the uh, potential improvement with Derek Carr now that he has Antonio Brown, but. Uh, I do, I do, I do agree. I think they could be a better football team than some think. I definitely don't think they'll be better than the Chargers. But that, sir, is an insane thing to say, and that is what makes it a great hot take. Uh, let me quickly go to the text line at nine one three eight zero eight two one one nine. We did get, we did get one uh, hot take from uh, Enrique, who texted a lot. He sent some good texts, also uh, yeah, some good posts good on uh, on Facebook. Uh, his hot take. Uh, he says, everyone loves to see Mahomes throwing the football out of the stadium. Uh, did you see this video a few weeks ago, Zach, where Mahomes was yeah. chucking footballs outside of area? Okay. So he's referring to that. And I guess there was some sort of throwing challenge mentioned against the Raiders. I don't know about this. He says, uh, I'm going against a popular opinion. I don't want to see him uh, involved in any uh, throwing challenge outside the stadium because he's concerned that he may um, Mahomes, that is, hurt something. Hot take. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of people love seeing that kind of thing with Patrick Mahomes. I can actually understand that. You know, you don't want to see your quarterback do that kind of thing. But listen, I'm sure it's all controlled and everything. Um, if the Chiefs had an issue with it, I'm sure they would have said something. But nonetheless, uh, we're not seeing that necessarily from Mahomes. Uh, do you agree with him on this? I mean, I hear where he's coming from. 
and as long as Mahomes isn't you know, trying too hard and like throws his shoulder out, I'm pretty cool with it. I mean, it's one of those things that we know he has one of the strongest arms, and realistically, I think we all want to see yeah some of the most talented players especially those who are you know like the fastest in the league or have the strongest arm or something like that you, you always want to see those two go you know those people go head head to head against each other just to see who really is who really does have the strongest arm in the nfl i think if you lined up all 32 quarterbacks and had them just absolutely give it everything they had there's maybe two or three guys who out throw mahomes remember when uh, mahomes was playing basketball at the gym yeah he got in trouble for that so i tweeted when that happened I said, wait a minute, someone could easily injure him just so they can be that guy and they can get their 50 minutes of fame and they could say that they injured the MVP and people were like, oh, delete your tweet. What is this you're saying? And sure enough, look, look what happened. The Chiefs obviously weren't happy about that. So, uh, but in something like this, like he participated in the big slick softball game, which isn't like a serious event. It's, it's obviously for charity and everyone that's participating in it, they've they consumed a few drinks uh, going into that game, so it's obviously a moment where you're just chilling and having fun. So I don't see too big of an issue with it. Uh, my hot take: uh, Did you see what happened with Conor McGregor when he punched the, the old man in his face? Yes, because he. So let me set that up uh, for those who didn't know about this. Uh, Conor McGregor has his Irish whiskey called Pop Proper Twelve, which is he's been busy promoting that lately more than fights. He doesn't want to fight right now, but at least not for the UFC, he'll fight old guys, apparently. So he's offering to pour a glass of uh, proper 12 to some people at this Irish pub. One man declines, he pushes the glass away, Connor puts the glass back in front of him, and he pushes it away again. That's when McGregor throws a left hand, and the guy took it pretty damn well. And everyone's going crazy about this, because Connor McGregor, he went to another MMA event, and he jumped over the cage, to celebrate with his um, with one of his training partners, he obviously threw the um, a chair and a dolly at a bus tr- because he wanted to go after a certain fighter. McGregor's been involved in a lot of serious things, man. And uh, he, there's the sexual harassment claim against McGregor. Let me say this right now. I'm not condoning any of the things. And by the way, the sexual harassment thing, that has not been proven. But, I mean, we, we don't know the facts of that at all yet. Here's my hot take. Good or bad, which is always bad with McGregor, all of this stuff you are hearing about McGregor is great for the UFC. Hot take. Because here is how combat sports works. McGregor's a popular guy, but there are also a lot of people who are sick of his antics and they just hate his guts. Well, you know what? The next time Conor McGregor fights, because of all the things he's doing, such as you know, uh, throwing dollies at a bus and punching old men at a bar. Because of that, you're going to tune in and you're going to buy the pay-per-view because you want to see Connor get knocked out or choked out again the next time he fights because he's doing all these terrible things outside the cage. No, Dana White's not going to do it. The UFC's not going to punish Conor McGregor. That's their biggest cash cow in UFC history. They're not going to do anything to him. So, of course, they're going to give him a title shot as soon as he's ready to come back, even though he lost his last fight. Why? Because it's going to bring you a lot of money, man. It's going to bring you a lot of money, and everyone's going to want to tune in because they love McGregor. And if you hate him, you're going to tune in because you want to see him get his ass kicked in the next fight because of all the things he's been doing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my hot take for the week. I mean, yeah, I, I can't really argue with that. The more I'm thinking about it, the more sense it starts to make. 
Uh, though I just couldn't help but think to myself how that yeah the guy that he punched actually took it better than one of his uh, UFC opponents did. I forget yeah, which fight it was opponents. where he dropped the guy in like 13 seconds. Like I love it when a fight can fit within the span of a Vine or well now TikTok, which you know is Vines. You know, I guess the you know, reincarnation, if you will. Are uh, you a TikToker? No, but okay, I like good. watching them when they show up on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the fight you're referring to, that was when he knocked out Jose Aldo in th- what, uh, incredible 13 fight seconds. Or two. Yeah, 13 seconds. Um, Just bang. Left by hand the way, in the face, down. We, meant, we mentioned Connor. He went to another MMA event and jumped the cage and did not get in any trouble for it. There is a former UFC, fi- uh, a former UFC fighter who's from Kansas City. His name is Jason High. Really nice guy. He uh, actually pushed a referee... Which is something Conor McGregor actually gave a more harsh shove than what Jason Hyde did. Jason Hyde got kicked out of the UFC immediately. Why? Because quite honestly, Jason Hyde is not a big name. Conor McGregor is. It's crazy how many lives the UFC is just handing to Conor McGregor at this point. Because he's the biggest cash cow man. You know, it, it, what at if, this like, point, whole, do you almost want to see how many lives he burns through? I, I look. If Mahomes, hopefully not, but if Mahomes was to ever get in trouble, let me just say this. The trouble that Tyreek Hill went through, and I know it was proved, it was, there's no proof of what he did or what he was accused of, but let's just say, um, I mean, let, let's say Chad Henney. If Chad Henney was involved in anything like that, the Chiefs would say, see, see you later. Yeah, they're done with it. But Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you want to be very. You want to be cautious about it, especially, I guess, with what happened with Kareem Hunt. You don't want to lose another star player. Um, it's crazy. I know people will say it's unfair, but you know what? At the end of the day, uh, the higher up you are, the more chances, the more free passes you'll get. I'd say it's unfair. I agree. But that's the way it works sometimes in our society. Yeah, well said. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. Uh, Zach, let me just double check. Uh, you are not going to be on Sunday's podcast. Is that correct? It's pretty unlikely, yeah, because I'll be you, at a wedding Saturday night. So, I mean, realistically, no, I'm not going to be on Sunday's podcast. So, if there, if this was an injury list, you'd be doubtful. I mean, yeah, doubtful is probably the right way to put it. You know, doubtful. I think if you had asked me on Sunday, I would have probably said questionable. But yeah, I would downgrade it just because realistically, like, I have to fly back from St. Louis, you know, pretty early Sunday too. Like, there just won't be really time to get it out. So, nope, not going to do it. All right, so Zach's going to be busy having a lot of I'm fun. I'm going to file uh, a helmet grievance or something, and I just will I'll, I'll miss Sunday. So, I'll so file you'll a be microphone Antonio grievance. There. That's what it'll be. Uh, so Zach will be out this week. Uh, so I'll be flying solo on Sunday's podcast. We will recap the game between the Chiefs and the 49ers. What kind of a tune-up game was it? What did we see? We'll talk about that and any other Chiefs news that comes up later this week. Facebook.com slash Farzee Vesugian at Farzee21 on Twitter at ZSteginga on Twitter 913-808-2119 Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Subscribe, share the links. Appreciate all of you who downloaded and listened to this episode of the podcast. Until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the games, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Take care.